Jake Knapp is the inventor of the design sprint and the New York Times bestselling author of the book Sprint. He's also the co-founder of Character, a venture fund for early stage startups. How and why did you start using Miro? I came from this position of thinking, I don't want to be doing stuff online to thinking now when I do a sprint in person with a company, it's like, we're going to use Miro, even though we're all in the same room, because that's a better way for us to get this work done. As an investor, we're basically investing in their ability to solve problems. We're saying, we think this group of people is going to be able to solve a problem in a really great way and create value by doing it. And actually, you need to give people the tools that can help them make decisions, help them collaborate, help them visualize and see things in a different way. And Miro does all those things. So to me, at least as an investor, I'm thinking, give the team the tools that are going to help them think, that are going to make the most brighten their, their skills as smart folks. And Miro is at the top of that list. When you post hunting photos on Instagram, they get censored. When you post on Go Wild, you get virtual fist bumps from fellow hunters. When you buy gear on Amazon, you gas up a billionaire spaceship. When you buy gear on Go Wild, we donate to a camp that teaches kids to hunt, fish, and shoot. See the difference? Go Wild is a free social community built by hunters for hunters. Join today at DownloadGoWild.com and I'll give you 10 bucks just for setting up your account. And you'll keep unlocking Go Wild rewards as you share content because guess what? We like hunting pictures. Join at DownloadGoWild.com or in the App Store. You're listening to the Average Conservationist Podcast brought to you by Go Hunt and in partner with 2% for Conservation. Sign up today to become an insider at GoHunt.com. 2% for Conservation's mission is to create an alliance of businesses and individuals that ensure the future of hunting and angling by committing their time and dollars to fish and wildlife. 1% of your time plus 1% of your money equals 2% for Conservation. 2% helps businesses and people pair with conservation causes to support things that fit what they care about. Whether you're into fishing, hunting, or just getting outdoors, 2% can help you not only start giving back to wildlife, but get certified for it. Getting 2% certified means you've made the same commitments as popular brands like Sitka, First Light, Stone Glacier, and Seek Outside in giving at least 1% of your time and dollars back to wildlife. But it's not just for outdoor companies. Breweries, contractors, coffee roasters, and even piano repair companies have earned 2% certification and stand out as leaders in their community for doing so. Businesses that are committed to conservation deserve your business when you shop. Learn more about 2% for conservation at fishandwildlife.org. That's fishandwildlife.org. What's up, everyone? Happy New Year. I hope that uh, everyone's New Year is off to a great start. I hope that everyone um, over the holidays certainly got a chance to spend some time with friends and family uh, and even uh, taking some outdoor uh, activities while you're at it. Uh, Welcome back to the Average Conservationist Podcast, and I'm your host, Marcus Ewing. Uh, Kicking off 2022 with a really fun, cool episode that uh, I really had a good time recording. Um, I'll just apologize up front. Uh, my audio on this one uh, is a bit echoey uh, because when I recorded this, I was not at home. Uh, I was uh, at some relative's house and the only quiet space that I could find with a a house full of people happened to be an empty room. Um, So it's a tad echoey. Um, I think after the first couple minutes, you don't even really notice it, Uh, but just wanted to give you guys a heads up there. Uh, But today on the podcast, I am joined by the co-founders of 2% Certified Access to Wild, Ryan Bromberger and Andy Kokus. And 
What's so cool about Access the Wild is it is this uh, free mapping system that anyone can use. Uh, and really, uh, and Ryan and Andy, <clears throat> they, they go into pretty good detail um, you know, throughout the course of the episode. But the, the main point and the main thing that they wanted to accomplish um, with this mapping service uh, was to give people a tool to get outdoors. Now, you, when you think about some of the other traditional, um, I guess, mapping uh, services that are out there, um, they're really kind of designed more for, um, you know, someone who's already kind of a, an outdoor recreationist, hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, you know, any of the above. And what the guys wanted to develop with Access the Wild was to give people a tool who don't normally do those kinds of things. So <clears throat> I I hope I'm explaining this right, but what you can do is basically pull up their maps, look in the area of where you're where you're living or maybe where you're going to be vacationing with, with some family or something, and you can find different uh, pieces of like public ground, campgrounds, uh, lakes, things like this where you can um, do any type of recreating. It's, um, it, it's this really cool uh, tool, and I know, you know a lot of people are familiar with Again, like I mentioned, these other mapping services where you're, you know, just trying to, you know, do some research or e-scouting or something like that when, you know, really the idea behind this is to give people another tool to get outside and essentially create one less barrier for entry um, into getting outdoors. Um, you know, on top of that, you know, not only are these guys... Um, do they offer the mapping service? They offer a ton of cool apparel um, that essentially they're they're using the money from the apparel to help you know pump that back into the mapping system um, to to try to give their users um, the best possible experience that they can. And really, <clears throat> their their main goal is just to get more people outside. Um, you know, Ryan came from a family um, that was big into the outdoors. Um, Andy discovered it later in life. Uh, but really the cool, they have a cool story of how they met and, you know, really how their friendship kind of blossomed over the last decade. And it, they, it sounds super cliche, but, you know, just the more you get, the more I got to talk to these guys and the more I understood their story and really what they were trying to accomplish and the passion, uh, that they have for just wanting to see people get outside and experience what, you know, they love about the outdoors, um, is super cool and they're doing um, they're doing this they've created access to the wild for all the right reasons and uh, it's a it's an incredible tool and if you guys have not looked into it uh, I highly suggest you do so episode 83 access the wild uh, I hope you guys enjoy uh, before that wanted to take a minute to tell you about our friends over at stone glacier now if you've been following along with stone glacier uh, especially uh, in the new year here, uh, they just dropped a ton of new cool apparel, uh, technical apparel, excuse me. Um, they came out with, uh, I think three or four new pieces of Merino, uh, like Merino, uh, items. So they have the Chinook Merino hoodie, uh, the Chinook Merino boxer, uh, and the Chinook Merino short sleeve. Um, any of you guys out there know how awesome or have used it, know how great Merino is. Stone Glacier just really um, bolstered their lineup of already awesome uh, technical apparel. 
Uh, they also added the enduro hoodie and short sleeve, uh, which is <clears throat> going to be more for your uh, hot weather months. Um, you know, keep the sun off your back or just something that's lightweight, breathable, uh, keep you cool while you're uh, outdoors. Uh, they came out with a new down vest, uh, <clears throat> which everyone um, knows how valuable something like a down vest can be. Super light, super packable, but also packs a ton of warmth as well. Uh, and then the Cirque jacket, which uh, I'm super excited to give a try to to try out. Uh, kind of uh, a play off of a, <clears throat> a lightweight puffy. Um, super versatile. I mean, those things uh, offer all sorts of um, options in terms of how you want to wear it, layering, outerwear, uh, really whatever the case is, and, and like all Stone Glacier stuff, I'm sure that it is bomber-proof as well. So if you haven't, check out the Stone Glacier app, download that on iTunes or Google Play, depending on your device, or head over to stoneglacier.com. All right, joining me today on the podcast, I have the co-founders of 2% Certified Access to Wild, Ryan Bromberger and Andy Kokus. Guys, how are you today? Good. How are you, Marcus? Hey, you know, I'm doing well. Uh, I know that, especially, I mean, we're recording this between Christmas and New Year's here. Um, so anytime, uh, you know, that this whole week it, for a lot of times, or for a lot of people, is super busy, uh, whether you're working, you're not working, you know, you're just spending time with, with family that might be in town or anything like that. I know it can be super tough to uh, kind of carve out some time. So I really appreciate you guys... Uh, uh, you know, hopping on and doing this today. Yeah, absolutely. Now, so kind of, I, I really kind of want to jump right into things here. Well, actually, you know, before we do that, as I mentioned between the holidays here, how was your guys' Christmas? It was great, man. Uh, excellent. Time spent with family. You know, it was a uh, great times. Yeah, yeah. same here. I got, got to see my brother. Uh, he's, in a, he's in the Marine Corps. Uh, First time in a year since his deployment, so that's uh, kind of the best Christmas gift you could ask for, right there. Oh no, that's that's incredible, man! I'll tell you what. First off, thank you to your brother for his service. But whenever I see those um, uh, like videos on Facebook and Instagram of like uh, you know relatives and, and siblings and whatnot coming home, um, you know from their deployment and it's, you know kind of the first time they've been able to see family in a long time. I mean, those things always get me choked up, man. I don't care how many times I watch them, even if it's the same one over and over again. It just, it there's just something about it that really gets to me. Yeah. So, all right, access the wild. Um, I know we kind of talked about it before we started recording here, but you guys are in two different locations. Uh, Ryan, I think you said you're in Illinois, and Andy, you're uh, down in uh, Missouri. So. Kind of tell me, um, you know, the story that is Access the Wild. You know, how did how did you guys get started? Where did the idea come from? All that good stuff. So it really started, you know, um, I think for me, you know, having conversations with, with friends of ours and people at church and just different people we'd run into is, um, you know, there's a lot of organizations and companies out there that were addressing, you know, equipment and um, – you know, times of the year to go, and there's a lot of podcasts and, and things that just address those types of things, but not really like where to go or really people the the buffer that where we would run into the the problem people are running into is like well, where do I go? So the idea behind Access the Wild was to really create like a brand and a mapping database 
to give people access to places to go outdoors and hunt and fish and camp and hike, you know, the things that we love to do and the things that we do with our families and to really try to share that with other folks. And, you know, our local, um, Illinois and Missouri, they do, they both do a good job, um, of providing information. But if you're really not into the outdoors, trying to piece that information together and really have kind of a one-stop shop to find that information is, is kind of tough. And so that was the idea behind Access the Wild initially was is to create this mapping database to give people truly access to places around that they may not know about that they can go enjoy the outdoors. Yeah, and I'll, I'll take you back on that. Um, I came on Ryan. It was Ryan's idea. Uh, um, so uh, he, he was kind enough to reach out to me about it uh, because we, we both have the same heart uh, for being outside and, and being doing crazy things outdoors but um i i'll i own roughly a quarter of an acre of land uh so i don't have a lot of opportunities just to go out my back you know the out the back 40 as they call it you know is is more like back 40 feet in my yard (laughs) um i don't i don't have just a you know like a a place to go uh, so to speak um of my own land so uh, i'm dependent on public land and um so i'm 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 a user as much as i am uh a provider of the information uh i'm using as much as i'm um putting it out there so uh just for a guy like me who uh doesn't necessarily have the the big plot of land to, to go hunting on uh i'm constantly looking for places you know and drivable uh you know distances you know just to explore and get out and see what I can do on, on what land. So, uh, kind of fill the gap in my own life and hopefully it's, uh, doing the same for, um, other folks as well. Yeah, no. And that's a super cool, I mean, really just kind of premise, uh, for, for a brand, for, uh, for a company. I mean, the name, uh, access the wild is, is, is certainly a perfect name, uh, for what you guys, um, have built there. So, how does um you know with, with looking at the at the website here so how is it that the mapping works um like you just kind of type in an area or you're just you know using your you know location services whether it's on your phone or your laptop or whatever and just trying to you know look at different like uh wildlife areas uh for you know depending upon you know what type of activity you want to do yeah basically i mean we've we're kind of in a development phase we had a really kind of um basic version initially that didn't have 3d capabilities and things like that where you could go in and filter out and say hey i want to hike uh or you know i want to fish for catfish or i want to hunt for deer or and it would tell you like public land areas we we live we both live in st louis metro so i live on the illinois side andy lives on the missouri side of st louis metro and so that's kind of really where we're at right now with our mapping um as far as places now the map works for basically all of north america and you can go in and establish hiking trails snowboarding trails skiing trails uh you know access areas they're all in this huge map this free map that we've created um and you can go in and and there's topographical you know we've got some buddies that do mountain biking and just kind of the whole gamut of the outdoor space 
uh, we didn't want to kind of pigeonhole ourselves into one spot. So we created this map that would work for all these different things. And so really, as it stands right now, it's, you know, you can, if you're out hiking, you can actually turn the map 3D, you can hit location services, and, and the pin will follow you three-dimensionally on the hiking trails or the biking trails or the running trails as you're moving around. Um, just something kind of cool, you know, we we didn't want to charge people for it because that's another kind of barrier to entry. You know, some people don't want to pay for a mapping software if they might just use it a couple times. So we really wanted to create this free, this really powerful free tool that people could use and just kind of share our knowledge with other people. So, yeah, no, that's, that's a great, I mean, anything that, that we can do is as outdoorsmen as people who already are enjoying, you know, really all that the outdoors has to offer um, anything that we can do to, like you just said, you know, lower that barrier for entry um, to get more people involved, I think it is great. And it certainly, it takes a lot of, I guess, well, one, it takes, you know, some of the guesswork out of it, but it also takes some of the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, shoot. Um, guesswork, but I mean, it's, it makes it a lot, I guess, more palatable, right? It's it's not this kind of over or this daunting task, right? To Because that's, you know, if, if you think about things from a hunting standpoint, right? Um, you want to get involved with hunting. So you, maybe you talk to some buddies, some family members that hunt. And then you, you get to a point where you want to do it on your own, but you're like, well, shit, where do I go, right? And to have a tool that is, you know, free, uh, easy to access and, and gives you, you know, areas where, where deer hunting, where it, it is allowed, um, you know, is really the, the biggest thing to, to getting outdoors is knowing where to go. You know, what's crazy is, you know, like I've lived in the town, I live in the same town I grew up in and I've, you know, been here 35 years and through the research of just doing access to wild, I found a, basically a natural area that the state of Illinois manages that you can enter in a lottery to hunt that is probably five miles from my house. Oh, wow. But if no one there, I grew up in this town. I've never heard anybody talk about it. I've, you know, kind of mentioned to my hunting buddies, you know, like, hey, do you know anything about anywhere here in town you can hunt? I mean, literally nobody knows about it. So I, and I, I think Andy has too, like come across areas that we've lived in these areas our whole lives and just, we're still finding areas that we can go do these things. And so as a sportsman who's been in this for a long time, it's, it's just cool to be able to share that with other people. Yeah. And Marcus, the, the, your point about, you know, the, the, the barrier and it's like, we named it access the wild because we wanted people to be able to big, figure out how easy it is. Um, it would like give them the access to this uh, because there's, I don't know, there's, at least for me, there's a stigma that if if you're not a hunter or or you're just getting into it, that like everybody else is like the seasoned pro, <laughs> and, um, you know. So it's almost daunting, you know, to be like I don't I don't know this and I don't know that and I don't know where to go and all that kind of stuff. So you know, to be able to put that at somebody's fingertips, um, hopefully, uh, you know, helps ease that a little bit and and you know. And hopefully people listening to this are able to say, I'm in that boat. You know, I'm, I am just getting started or getting my dip in the toe in the water, you know, see if I actually like this or something. 
uh, and I could say, you know, as someone who co-founded a site that helps people hunt, I don't, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, you know, I've hunted for a long time, but I'm still very green. You know, I don't know what I'm doing and it's yeah. great. You know, just, just to get after it and get outside is, is great. And hopefully this is the, the, uh, the tool that people are able to use for that. Yeah, I know. I absolutely agree. And, you know, there's obviously uh, in recent weeks, there's been a lot of discussion um, on other podcasts and whatnot, but with with overcrowding in in certain areas and whatnot, you know, I just there's just something about the outdoors that I think that everyone wants should have the right to enjoy it, which, you know, they do. But it's something that uh, it's it's hard to put your finger on, at least for me, or at least kind of articulate it. You know what being in the outdoors does for a person, right? Like just even if you just go for a hike for an hour, right? Just, you know, the the fresh air, the, you know, just kind of being in nature and just the things that you can observe. If you just, you know, you turn your phone off, you just kind of let yourself become immersed in, in your surroundings. And it's, it's just a, it's an incredible thing, man. And, and the fact that you guys have started this company really with that in mind uh, to some degree, right? With just giving people, you know, more options and allowing them to see, you know, what they can access, uh, you know, locally or if they're going, you know, on vacation, you know, they're going camping with their family and they want to, you know, find some some areas that they can hike or, or you know, maybe, you know, do some backcountry, you know, style fishing or whatever it is, right? Whatever it kind of floats your boat. And to have that, um, you know, at your fingertips uh, is is such an incredible tool. Yeah. You know what? One thing we ran into, like, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I think, in the Western hunting realm, there's so much information about that. But we live here in the Midwest, and it seems, you know, like that's kind of like this forgotten segment of the country. (laughs) There's a ton of hunters here. You know, there's just not the technology here or the mapping um, to give people the access, you know, like if I wanted to go to Colorado or I want to go Wyoming, I mean, there's all kinds of softwares and apps and programs out there that I can download and, and basically learn everything I want about that. But there's just not that, you know, once you basically get to, you know, the Midwest, there's, that just doesn't exist. And so we really wanted to fill that gap and, you know, you kind of talking about overcrowding and, you know, I think, um, I don't know from a conservation standpoint, you know, the amount of money that's raised by people getting into hunting supports us to, to be able to continue to hunt, especially on public ground. I mean, that's what pays for that. That's what supports that. And so as generations drop off, you know, my grandpa hunted a lot. My dad hunted a lot. My great grandpa, you know, my generation or our generation, you know, we're kind of millennials and younger. They don't really understand what's out there you know like to be able to put your kind of what you said put your phone down and just disconnect and get away from the hustle and bustle of the world and just kind of reconnect and clear your head i mean that's such an amazing feeling whether you harvest an animal or not you know just to get out in the woods and sit there all day and not see anything is kind of one of the best feelings in the world you know (laughs) yeah no i i completely agree so I, I completely agree with not only that point, but the point that you made about the Midwest, too, because, you know, I'm here in Michigan, so I'm, you know, just just east of you guys. 
But I mean, I'm, you know, born and raised here in the Midwest. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, like the, the point that you made about, you know, some of these Western states and, and all of the, the data that is, you know, so accessible for, for hunters to, to make decisions on, you know, what units they want to, you know, maybe put in, uh, put in points for, or draw for, um, you know, which over the counter tags they want to, they want to try to pick up, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do. But in the Midwest, like it, it's, you got to earn your stripes a lot more, right? Unless, unless you grew up, you know, um, you know, hunting kind of the same area. And it's just one of those things that's been passed down from generation to generation. Oh, we hunt this, you know, this piece of public ground or whatever to go out and yeah, figure it out on your own here in the Midwest uh, can be certainly really tough. And uh, I, I absolutely know what you guys mean when you were talking about that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, I think that's one of the biggest things that, you know, we kind of run into is just people don't know where to get started, you know, and it to be able to, to answer a piece of that question, I think is, uh, is really cool as a, as a brand, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So how was it that you two got, um, got hooked up there? I know you said you guys are just both in Metro kind of St. Louis there, but on different sides of the border. So, you know, how did you guys get hooked up? Yeah, so we've been friends for years. Uh, I couldn't put a number on it. Plus. Yeah, t- a lot. Um, but kind of, kind of, you know, long enough that it, it's a blur at the beginning. Uh, so our wives, we go to church together, and I think our wives set us on a on like a mandate oh, to meet right. each other. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Super awkward, and we're like. Hey, you hunt? Yeah, I hunt, and that kind of sealed the deal, you know. I think we were both against it at the. I think we were both against it at the get go too. Of like, I don't need another friend, you know, the yeah. typical guy thing. Um, but so you know, met years ago, been friends since, and then um, we've done a lot of a lot of things together, hunting to to uh, planting, you know, food plots and. Trees, trees and canoe trip canoe and, yeah so camping you know we've done it we've camped in the in the worst conditions i thought i was going to lose lose ryan last year yeah. but uh so you know kind of growing up uh the last several years uh together and um very like-minded we're, we're always talking about some facet of being outside um always either that or whiskey uh but but (laughs) yeah so i mean always talking about something along those lines so um it was just a natural yeah like i said it was ryan's idea came to me just because everything uh, like our relationship kind of naturally funnels towards that uh so it just kind of lent lent itself to it pretty easily yeah so so two things here first one is I think it's it's funny when you when you kind of described you know how you guys were introduced through your wives and and everything like that and when you know you ask someone like hey do you hunt and they're like yeah you know I, I hunt and there's almost like this feeling out process right it's like okay you yeah. say you, you say you hunt but like do you hunt or do you just like go out once a year and like that's it or you've been hunting like one or two times in the past and like yeah oh yeah I hunt 
right? So it's always it's always kind of funny when when uh, that question gets thrown out there. Like you have to kind of like size someone up a little bit, right? Like, okay, does this guy know what he's talking about? Does he really hunt, right? Yep. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> that that took a while. Um, now that now that Ryan mentions it, you know, our, our first date, uh, if you, uh, it's starting to come back a little bit. The cobwebs are coming off, but it, I, I don't. We weren't like best buddies after that that trip to PF Changs. You know, it took a little while of like, yeah, but is he like for real? Or <laughs> well, we have a lot of friends too so I'm like well you know this guy respects Andy like I guess I can respect him too <laughs> you know like there, I think there was a lot of that going on just kind of feeling each other out and, you know yeah. I don't consider Andy nowadays yeah but, but totally yeah it's like I think we've all met someone who says they hunt and uh you, you got to put it in air quotes um <laughs> hunting because it's like oh so you you think you like to hunt but you don't actually like get out, track your, you know, well, get into it type, it, type of thing. Put so. it this way. We've got buddies that hunt that are like two ends of the spectrum. You know, like we've got the one buddy who's in the stand to get his Instagram photos and doesn't really care if he, he kills anything. And then we've got another buddy who you're not going to find him on social media at all. And he'll hike in like three miles on public mm-hmm. ground, yep. kill a monster deer and nobody knows about it you know like it's just that full spectrum but yeah i totally get it it's uh you just don't know when people say when they hunt what they really mean yeah no and then the second thing was andy you mentioned that you guys were i don't know if it was a camping trip or what but in some terrible conditions and you said you almost lost ryan i gotta hear that story man you can't i feel like you just Um, really glazed over that super quickly but i've got to ask a follow-up on that matt i I'm I'm nervous to tell the story because I don't know if I can do it justice. Um, but I'll add details as we go. Yeah. So <laughs> I basically kept Andy alive. Is the true story? I don't know. <laughs> so let me just I, I'll just start at the beginning. Like I'm not of the two of us. I'm the one who's looking to save money on equipment uh, and like get by with whatever it is. I. Uh, um, I've got a little thing that I do called the frugal hunter. Um, that's just a kind of a spinoff of access to wild, um, about like how to get out on, on the cheap and, and things like that. So let me, I just preface the story and say, I'm all for equipment. That's not like the top of the line, most expensive ideal. (laughs) Um, that being said, there's a, there's a point where your equipment matters uh and the gear that you have plays a crucial part in you, the success of your trip and the comfort of your trip and and um things like that so we uh, have a tradition of going hunting on super bowl weekend and we know it's a time when nobody's going to be out and now that i say this and it's out there you know we're going to get busted but we go out there because it's a it's a weekend when nothing's in season really. Uh, coyotes. Yeah, and and we just like to be away and not have to worry about going to a Super Bowl party or something like that. So not that we're against anything sports or anything like that. It's just it's just nice to get away. Anyway, so last year we went out on our Super Bowl weekend hunt, um, and it happened to coincide with 
a, a polar vortex, as they call them around these parts. Um, and in the daytime, I think it was like 40 degrees, but it was one of those days where, it, like, I think it was like seven at night. Yeah, it got down to seven with snow blowing in that night. We were camping in a tent with like and, a summer radius the, tent. The tent was a very <laughs> great. It was a great tent for July camping in St. Louis. <laughs> Not so great for early February um, in the area. So, and especially when the wind was blowing like it was with the storm coming in. So it got down to like six degrees, seven degrees, something like that, that night. And the wind was whipping 30 plus miles an hour. Uh, I was in a nice sleeping bag, zero degree rated sleeping bag um, on a sleeping pad. You know, very nice. I won't get into the details on any of the, like what brand or anything like that. Ryan, on the other hand, I think he was using his um, eight-year-old daughter's sleeping bag. No, I, <laughs> my, my dad, he's like, hey, I got the perfect sleeping bag for you. So he gives me the sleeping bag. He doesn't tell me till after the trip. It's a 60-degree rated bag. Oh, jeez. Probably older than I am. I think he bought it before I was born. <sighs> so this like insulated whatsoever. <laughs> also, neither one of us are small people. Uh, we're both 6'3". And I won't say what our weight is, but it's higher than the average. And um, the bag was a, like a standard size bag. Uh, so he was kind of hanging out of it a little bit. So it's a little yeah, young he, on him. Yeah, he looks <laughs> to about my belly button. So, <laughs> so he, he's in that bag. I'm in my bag. And, and it, 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 Ryan was awake for a lot of the night. But we had a Mr. Buddy heater propane heater that we were keeping you know warm and we put blankets over the top to give us insulation um so that was nice uh but in the middle of the night the wind blew so hard that it actually caved in the one side of the tent so in the middle of the night ryan had the tent literally collapse on top of him uh to where he couldn't even get out so it was, so beyond like he woke up in the morning and was like ghost white you could tell his eyes were all bloodshot you could tell he didn't sleep like a wink and and i woke up and it was like i don't know like 6 30 in the morning because uh, you always wake up early when you camp and yeah i woke up and i was just like what happened and he was ready to go <laughs> yeah. wide-eyed ready to hunt it was so put it this way it was so cold the Mr. Buddy heater, our water bottles were still freezing in the tent. Oh, wow. Like the water bottles were still freezing. And I'm waking up like every two hours to change the propane tanks out just so we don't die. And Andy's over there snoring. Happy. <laughs> and- <laughs> All right, so yeah, I tell you what, it, it, was, it was amazing. I had a great time. Ryan probably didn't have quite as much fun. My therapist had a good time after yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, all that to say, don't skimp. Don't skimp so much on, on your gear that you, you you don't survive. That's not worth it. Um, there's there's a certain degree where you got to buck up a little bit and uh, make sure you're prepared. Um, not, I'm not making fun of Ryan at all. He, he, we we, uh, we kind of got caught with our pants down. 
Although I, I feel bad telling the story because we're talking to a guy who lives in Michigan, and he's probably like, so what? You know, it's like. He's like seven so. degrees. I'm running around in shorts. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. It comes with a dose of perspective of, uh, of us here in the, in the Midwest, where it doesn't get all too bad too often. So, you know, that's the thing. Like, so <clears throat> I live in like Southeast Michigan. Uh, I'm actually currently right now in northern Michigan, like northern Lower Michigan, um, uh, at uh, my family's cabin here. And I mean, we're staring January right in the face and there's hardly a dusting of snow on the ground right now. I mean, it was shoot 30 degrees today, which is it. it I, I don't know. It just seems like when I grew up, you know, we always had a ton of snow for Christmas. And this year it was shit. What was it like 50 degrees and like sprinkling for, you know, yeah. in Michigan? here? Like it's it's weird how uh, you know, global warming or whatever you know you want to say, but it's uh kind of how the climate has changed over the past eh, couple decades, let's say. Yeah. I, I, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, it's weird because we, well, we had, I wore shorts over my mom and dad's on Christmas day. It was was like 70 degrees. 70 degrees out the other day. So yeah, it was bizarre, you you know, and, uh, I always look at it. I always look at it this way around, around these parts anyway is is it's gonna it's gonna come like it's gonna happen yeah. so when we have these 70 degree weekends or something you know you for you're, you're just looking you're you're looking for the the blind side uh, to come in because it's gonna happen um so yeah you know i'm gonna get into the politics or anything of global warming but it kind of feels like you, you get a little bit of this, but then you also get you get the whammy on the other side. So we're we're waiting for it. I actually uh, I anticipate it because I love it. So bring on the cold, bring on the snow, whatever for us. Um, so sorry for anybody in this area who, who feels the opposite, but I can't. <laughs> so aside from the the mapping service that you guys offer, I know you guys obviously offer some apparel and whatnot. So talk about that a little bit. I'll kind of hit that. So when, basically when COVID hit, you know, there was kind of this break of being able to go out and visit these areas. And because really, if you look at, we have a blog on our website too, and the blog actually does like a review of some of these areas. So the idea was, is you could click on one of our icons on our map of an area that we reviewed and it would take you there and kind of give you a kind of a, a hunters or an outdoors perspective of that public ground area and when COVID hit really Missouri wasn't as bad but Illinois basically shut down all state-run areas so you know not getting political but you couldn't go outside in in a public land area and hike because they were shut down and um, so really we kind of started selling t-shirts and hoodies and hats, you know, just kind of expand our brand, you know, kind of shift the focus from the mapping to that side of it. And that kind of took off. And so really, I wouldn't really call us a mapping. I would say we're more of like a lifestyle brand of, you know, outdoorsmen getting outside, you know, we want to provide, you know, the, the mapping to do it, the clothing to do it. And we also sell coffee too. So we kind of adapt in a lot of different areas, but it's all things that we love and enjoy. And uh, so we figure, why not? Yeah, I know? think I think similar to 
a lot of companies uh, during COVID pandemic, whatever you call it nowadays, uh, we you, you, we kind of had to adapt a little bit, shift, um, and we hope to get back into the getting out there a little bit more and and re- returning to the blogs and kind of you know bring focus kind of back where we originally had it, but. Uh, you know, web hosting and mapping services and things like that aren't free for us. So to help keep, kind of keep the lights on, um, we kind of shifted our uh, focus a little bit and started selling shirts and say, hey, why not? You know, uh, you know, people like this stuff, you know, and it's great. Uh, I'm not a coffee buff myself. I drink it, but I'm not like a connoisseur. But apparently, you know, for people who are, it's pretty good. So... Uh, it's been it's been doing pretty good and uh, it's been helping us you know pay some bills in the meantime uh, until we can get things spun back up but uh, yeah so you know we got the mapping service but like you said you know some some merchandise as well to help help people out yeah and really that was the big focus is in order to keep the map free because we had talked about that like well do we charge and we really want it to to not create that barrier so we we decided you know what let's shift and let's uh, invest some in in branding and apparel and coffee and let's try to generate some revenue off of those items to help pay to keep this this map free because i do think it is a very cool tool that people can use and you know as word gets out you know we're not trying to pull away from you know those other established companies that are out there you know so we we kind of have a scaled down version of what they offer, you know, cause we don't want to step on other people's toes and we want to be able to give something free back to, to people, you know? So, yeah, we try not to use the word competition because we're all, we're all on the same team. Yeah. Um, you know, just our, our goals are all the same. Um, so whether it's us that people use or someone else, as long as people are getting out there, you know, it's, that's the goal. So, Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And yeah, there's certainly enough uh, users, customers, you know, whatever, whatever you would like to say uh, out there for, you know, everyone and then some, right? I mean, there's, there's no shortage of, of people looking to get outdoors and, and whatever uh, tool that they see fit to, to help get them out there is, is a good thing, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So, how was it, uh, you know, that you guys kind of were, were both introduced to the outdoors? What did that look like? So I grew up um, primarily fishing. Uh, that's probably some of my earliest memories that I have are going fishing with my grandpa or going fishing with my dad. Or, you know, he would, he would pull me out of school, you know. It's, uh, I guess, past that statute. I can't get in trouble for it anymore, right? But my dad <laughs> would, would pull me out of school, quote-unquote, sick, and we would go on a trout fishing trip. You know, that we got some trout parks in Missouri and different areas. And, and I just kind of grew up really primarily fishing until I was probably in maybe like fourth grade, somewhere around that range, and kind of started – shifting and wanting to learn more and i take that back we would go like mushroom hunting for morels and hike and we were outside a lot doing things outdoors and boating and all that fun stuff but i really kind of wanted to to go deeper into hunting and my dad grew up hunting 
and my grandpa hunted, great grandfather hunted. So we had a history of it in our family, but my dad just kind of, kind of stopped for some for whatever reason. And and so whenever I expressed an interest in it, he kind of, you know, started expressing an interest in it. And we would go small game hunting a lot, primarily squirrel. Uh, we would do some rabbit hunting every once in a while. We would do some upland hunting for pheasant and quail and um, chucker kind of in this area. And just kind of started doing that for, you know, quite a while. And my uncle took me duck hunting and I kind of fell in love with duck hunting and kind of, I would say maybe six years or so ago, kind of um, started getting into deer hunting and you know, started doing that. And it's just been, uh, it's been something just really awesome in my life. Like I can't quite explain it. Um, but it's, it's really kind of changed my outlook on things and how I approach things. And it's just something I want to pass down to my kids, you know? Yeah. And, and for, for me, I, I um, grew up not, I, I grew up in a family. We didn't hunt. We didn't, uh, I would say, like we talked about earlier, we were, I was the guy who uh, would go fishing in air quotes, um, <laughs> like once or twice a year, um, at a place that didn't have any fish and, uh, would fish until, you know, got just bored to death. Um, so, you know, I didn't have the strong, uh, up, upbringing in it, but you know, there's always the draw. There always there was for me. There was always that draw that we talk about of just being outside, uh, being in the woods. I would, you know, you guys. Um, I'm probably going to make myself sound like a, a, a wacko, but when I was even a teenager, early teens, I would just go out anytime we would be anywhere near the outdoors. I would just go out and just sit by myself, and I always found. You know, for me, it's the it's the peace uh, of the, the stillness of being outside, and it's just you you can't replace that. Um, so, anyhow, so uh, you know, I always had that draw of wanting to be out there. Uh, and then, whenever I graduated high school, I was kind of like you know starting to do a lot more on my own, and decided, hey, I want to go hunting. Um, and I had an uncle who helped get me started um he was he's got a wall of fame in his house i mean he's he's done most of the deer that are in his mountain in his house could be you know on, on display at like a cabela's or a bass pro or something like that it, it's phenomenal um but he was he just kind of took me under his wing um didn't really show me a whole lot but said hey go sit in this stand here and you'll see a deer <laughs> so it was one of those um and he was right uh, but, uh, you know, you know, from there, it really was like, man, I don't care if I, like, like Ryan said earlier, like, I don't care if I harvest anything or not. Just sitting out here is like, it's a life experience that you just, it's hard to duplicate, uh, in, in the hustle and bustle of, of, of real life. And, um, so it drew me, uh, I started from there, uh, and, and continued to just learn more, uh, get out more. Um, moved over to the, I actually grew up in Illinois, so, uh, real close to where Ryan was, moved over to Missouri and things kind of took a, uh, you know, hit a bump in the road because 
then I didn't have the Illinois places I could go. Now I needed to find the, the Missouri thing. So having a, uh, a, a tool like Access to Wild at th- that point would have been helpful. But just kind of started figuring it out on my own, uh, public land, getting out there. And I've loved it ever since. Uh, that's how I still hunt. Uh, until you know one day we're blessed enough to have land of our own so uh I, like i said earlier i'm green i'm still learning you know i've been doing it for a lot of years but I, i've got so much to learn and and uh and get and get after some more yeah and that's one of the cool things that that i really like to hear especially you know or that i like to <clears throat> yeah that's one of the things that that i enjoy about these conversations is hearing people's uh, experience uh, in terms of the outdoors and, you know, Ryan, how you were, you know, kind of, you started at a young age, right? It was kind of in your family and you did a lot of different, um, you know, types of activities in terms of, you know, both hunting and fishing and then hunting for a lot of different, um, you know, small game and then kind of working your, your way almost, I don't even know if, you know, through a progression, right. But just, you know, working through different species until, you know, landing, kind of uh, on deer hunting and becoming super passionate about that. And then Andy, you know, not growing up in that, in that world, so to speak, uh, finding it later in life, but then still immersing yourself um, into it the way you have. Uh, it's always really cool to hear yeah, how people get to where they're at really in, in their outdoor journey. Yeah, there's a, there's a million roads to get there. And, and I think, you know, there's, you're, you're going to find, especially, you know, with listeners of all kinds, uh, everybody's at a different place on their own road. And I think we're all going to the same place. Um, and, and the great thing is there's no rush to get anywhere. Um, it's just enjoy it along the way. Cause it's, it's, it's fun. Every, every step that, uh, that I learn, you know, and learn more and learn more and constantly learning more. It's, it's fun. It's, I would never look back and say, Oh, I regretted doing that. You know, it's, it's, Every every experience has been um, great, and every experience is a stepping stone into and in becoming, you know, more and more uh, in tune with what's going on out there uh, beyond our, you know, four walls of our house. It's it's so it's fantastic. Yeah, it's not about the uh, destination as much as it is about the journey to get there, for sure. Yeah. So, kind of you know, keeping with the the outdoors. And, you know, the reason that we're able to sit down and, and have this conversation today is Access the Wild is a 2% certified brand. So how was it that you guys learned about 2% for conservation? You know, it's kind of crazy. I actually learned about it uh, listening to a lot of different podcasts. So I used to have about a two-hour commute to work. Um, I kind of have a, like a specialized industry that I work in, and I listen to a lot of Wired to Hunt. I listen to actually a lot of the Meat Eater podcast and that kind of stuff. And I kind of learned about 2% backcountry hunters and anglers and, and Teddy TRCP and, you know, just kind of that really shaped, that was kind of like the, the next bridge for me into the, not just a hunter, but kind of that conservation mindset of, you know, everything that I do out in the wild has an impact of some sort, you know, and trying to learn about that and learn how to be a good steward of our land and, and kind of give back to the land and things like that. And, you know, through BHA, I kind of learned about 2% certification and um, it was something that 
us as a brand, you know, like we really wanted to get people into the outdoors and we felt like, hey, let's give back to the outdoors at the same time, um, both with our time and our money and and just really put put our money where our mouth is, if you will, and our time and um, and kind of learn more about 2%, what they were doing and, and just really wanted to get plugged into that and get involved with that. Um, and so reached out to those guys and talked to them and and just felt like it would be a good fit for us and in kind of what we were wanting to do anyways. Um, you know, we we eventually with COVID and, and everything right now, just things have kind of been shut down, but we really want to kind of get into, you know, let's take some people out on public ground and show them how to scout and show them how to, Hey, this would be a good spot to put a stand or Hey, the things you're looking for, or really those kind of like new hunters just kind of introduce them into Hey, this is where you can go. This is what you can do. Um, I like I like using this analogy or asking this question to friends of mine that are non hunters, and and I always say like, hey, if if I could, if I could tell you a place you could go get a hundred pounds of free range meat, would you go do it? And people are like, well, yeah. What do you mean? And like, you can literally go out in these areas and hunt for free. I mean, you've got to buy a license and things like that and get your equipment. But we live in you know, the United States is one of those countries that's kind of blessed. Like, we live here and we have so many places we can go and do these things and provide for our families. And and so to to really plug in with two percent and to be able to try to share our story and our message and, and our tools and, and things. It just, it just seemed like a really cohesive kind of fit for us. So. Yeah. I think if, I think if we were to sit here and tell you that, you know, as business owners that started a company that we're not trying to make money, we'd be lying, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, overall our goal is. Our wives want us to make money. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys sell more things or, or you know do more to make more money, um, but but I think at the heart of it, um, you know, we're operating at a loss is not a problem because it's helping people, you know, and and giving two percent back to conservation is in our minds totally worth, you know, cutting into you know, quote profits. Cause it, you know, like our, our main goal is not let's get rich for the company. It's man, let's help people out. You know, we're, we're in the same boat as so many of these people. Let's, let's help them, um, get, get, you know, in, into the, into the sport or into, into whatever, you know, biking, hunting, hiking, hunting, whatever it is. Um, and then we'll worry about making money later one day if, if things go well. But for right now, it's it's more about you know, and and it always will be. It's about helping out, and and you know, two percent for conservation was definitely that the avenue to be able to do that for us. Yeah, no, that's <clears throat> that's a, a great way to look at it, and I think if you have that approach, right, with the the mindset of setting out to create something to help people i think you know like you said like the the money side of things the the profits that stuff will come right because i think you're doing everything for the right reason and i'm not you know saying that 
to start a business to make money is not the right thing. I mean, it absolutely is. Otherwise, what are you going into business for? But yeah. to to basically use the business as this mechanism, right, to to raise money for conservation, to help people get outdoors. Um, you know what I what I found even with the average conservationist is so much of that, so much of that. But the money that that is made, aside from going back to conservation, is going right back into the business, right? It's it's coming up with new designs for for apparel. In your case, you know, <laughs> excuse me, especially in your case, going back into you know enhancing the three D maps or, or giving you know your users more options. I mean, it's you're using that apparel side, the coffee side, to help fund. Um, you know, really what you're trying to help people do, which is get outside. Exactly. Yeah. If we ever did turn a profit, you know, uh, that'd be great. But uh, if we don't, I think our goal is still met um, as long as we're helping people. Uh, so uh, we're not a charity, um, you, you know, was, but at the same time, we kind of operate like one because we just want to help people out. Uh, and I know that probably sounds, you know, overboard as far as like, uh, aren't, aren't you guys great? But it really, uh, that the heart of it is, is that and uh hopefully people see that whenever they do our site or or talk to us or see our um, social feeds um we really just are trying to help out uh, people and, and uh that's the, the main goal yeah there's there's i mean at the end of the day i mean i get more satisfaction from you know i've had people it's it's bizarre you know i'll be wearing one of our hats or one of our shirts or something and i'll have people be like hey i follow you guys on instagram and and at first, I almost think I'm a joke. You know, I think they're joking. But like, oh, no, I, I really do. And like, I went, you know, I took my family out to that lake, you said, to go fish at. And we caught some fish. And that was really awesome. Or you know, that was something really cool. And just to see that satisfaction that provides people of of getting outdoors and experiencing that with their families and being able to share that, like, that's worth more than anything. You know, so that, that's kind of like the heart of our company. That's mm-hmm. where we're at is just really kind of get, trying to give back to other people what we've been given by our friends and our family and you know just the resources that we've come across is just to be able to share that and, and get people outdoors you know it's, it's in today's world i mean people are so in their houses or on their phones or on social media and, and people just lose track of the world around them and and to give them this this portal of escaping all that chaos to go out and sit in the woods and listen to nothing literally yeah. it's, it's totally worth it you know yeah i mean when you look back on things whether it's five years from now ten years from now whatever and <clears throat> there's a few things that you can kind of point to and you know with through through interactions with you know with social media or interactions you know like you said when when you run into someone at the grocery store or you know whatever and they're like oh you know i, I follow you guys and you know I, I took your advice and and went to you know this public land or i went to this lake or whatever i mean it makes it all worth it, right? I mean, that's, like you said, that's why you guys created this is to help people. And even if, you know, it's, you know, I know it's going to be more than this, but if, even if you can look back and be like, you know what, I know for a fact that we did good and we helped, you know, these five people, right? We got them outdoors or we got them, we got to help them experience something that, you know, maybe they otherwise wouldn't have. Like I can, I can sleep at night knowing that, you know, that I made some type of difference in someone's life. Uh, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah I don't want to, like, pull back the curtains too far here and let you see, you know, all the, the inner workings of Access to the Wild, but you, you just nailed our goal for 2022 of five people. 
pelvis, you know, so. <laughs> Maybe sick. Maybe sick. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, it's totally, I mean, I, but I think as sportsmen, like, we have that responsibility of, like, sharing that legacy of what we're doing and, and educating new hunters on, you know, like, there's so much stuff on in social media. I mean, that's kind of where everybody's plugged in up on social media all the time that just makes me shake my head yeah you know especially when it comes to the hunting hunting realm of things and and just you know just being a true sportsman and respecting the land and respecting the animals and responsibility yeah responsibility and just being able to share that message with people of hey we have this this amazing resource out there let's not take it for advantage and you know let's share it with other people i mean that's that's really what it's all about, you know, and, and to be able to share that with other people has just been phenomenal. Yeah. And I think that, you know, in our, you know, we've been talking for, you know, 45 minutes or so here, um, you know, the passion that you guys have for, for wanting to help and the love that you guys have for the outdoors. I mean, that's, that's coming through, you know, loud and clear on my end. Right. And I think that, you know, whoever's going to tune in and listen to this, um, you know, I think they're going to, they're going to, you know, really understand where you guys are coming from and really what your mission is. And, you know, th- that's, that's what I love about the podcast, right? It is trying to help people, you know, get their message out and have their voice be heard by, you know, someone who maybe otherwise wouldn't have. And, you know, just spread the wealth, share the love. I mean, it's, it's all, you know, people helping people, um, you know, to, to quote, a, a, a rather funny movie like it's powerful stuff right people helping people is powerful stuff so i mean what you guys are doing is is incredible and i really commend you on that yeah cool thank you yeah so <clears throat> before i let you guys get out of here i always ask my guests as we wrap up an episode is obviously 2021 is i mean we're we're staring 2022 right in the face here but do you guys have any uh, big trips aside from the super bowl trip coming up in february uh that you're really looking forward to next year I am. I, this is this is hot off the presses, so I don't I don't even know how official it is. And Ryan doesn't even know about it. He's looking no. at me like I'm I'm weird. But uh, <laughs> my cousin, I just found out, is uh, working for um, a lodge in Alaska, and, and has kind of given me the uh, the old hey, uh, I could help you out if you come up. Uh, so. Uh, starting to spin that up and see what that looks like for maybe like a June trip to Alaska to do some salmon trout uh, fishing up there. And um, uh, so that's starting to take some shape, uh, trying to find some people that are willing to uh, kind of spend some money with me and head up there. But uh, that's what I've got. I'm going to do some ET fishing probably in Florida when we're down in Florida for our annual trip down there. But uh, other than that, just uh, some more, like I, like you said, the Super Bowl trip, odds and ends trips here and there of anything we can do to get outside. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think this year, man, I'm not even, I don't even know I should say this, give out this hot spot here in the old Midwest, but uh, there's a area called Tanicomo, which is below Table Rock Lake in Missouri. And uh, there's been some, some seriously large brown trout caught in that area. I went out fishing uh, with my dad's buddy 
owns a guide service. He, we went out this last summer and he kind of showed us the ropes and I'm really looking forward to getting down there and, and uh, planning the trip, just a cheap trip to go down and, and fish some world-class brown trout fishing. Um, kind of like Andy, I think we're going to go deep sea fishing this year, uh, this summer. And then I'm kind of tossing around the idea of doing a DIY uh, super cheap uh, elk hunt somewhere. I don't care. I'm just looking for meat for the freezer, so I'm okay with a cow or a bull. Um, you know, just trying to research that some uh, and uh, maybe do a DIY hunt with a couple buddies and you know see yeah. how that goes. Maybe maybe this would be a good opportunity to say, hey, reach out to us if you if you know of any opportunities. Cause <laughs> we're always looking for. Uh, you know, not that, you know, $15,000 guided or $15,000 guided, you know, trip out to harvest the animal, but you know, the, on the cheap and on the, uh, down low ways to get out there. The frugal uh, hunter style. The frugal <laughs> hunter style yeah, out there experiencing, <clears throat> getting the experience, but, um, you know, taking, taking an animal would be great and all that stuff but like we, like we've talked about this whole time you know even if not just being out there and uh taking advantage of the opportunities that are uh, available to us uh so if uh yeah like we'll, we'll put a shameless plug out there if anybody listening is uh, take take a, yeah, <laughs> out, out for a little hunt hunt trip we you know we're up for it we're cool guys we like to the chit chat hang out and uh and do, sit in the woods a lot so Bring it on. <laughs> yeah, right on. No, that sounds like, uh, for both you guys, that sounds like a pretty um, pretty jam-packed uh, 2022 and sounds like some uh, good experiences are definitely on the horizon, man. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing about those in the future, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. We'll be sharing on our website. Yeah, right on. So, <clears throat> speaking of the website, where can people find you, not only the website, but uh, social media and stuff to follow along with you guys? So, you can find us at, at accessthewild.com or at accessthewild on one world one word on Instagram. Um, if you want to go to our maps real quick, you can just go to access the wild.com. If you want to check out our apparel and coffee, you can go to shop.access the wild.com. Um, you can email us at info at access the wild.com. If you're in the Midwest, St. Louis region, you're trying to get into it. We'd, we'd love to, to meet up with you or at least communicate with you and give you some ideas of places to go. Um, kind of always running across the people you know that that need a place to, to hunt and, and we'd love to point you in the direction of some public land to check out so yeah or if anybody just wants to chit chat you know shoot the breeze uh we're always looking to expand our network uh, to fellow hunters fellow uh, outdoorsmen yeah well right on well i appreciate it guys it's uh it's really been a pleasure talking to you and hearing about your story and you know, the brand Access the Wild and, and really what you guys stand for and what you're trying to, um, you know, promote and, you know, trying to get others involved in the outdoors, I think is an awesome thing. And, uh, you know, thank you again for your time today. I really appreciate it. Hey, appreciate yeah. the, uh, the opportunity, Marcus. It means a lot. And uh, we, like, we, we consider ourselves a couple scrubs. Uh, so to have this platform is, is, is fantastic and means a lot to us. Uh, we're, we're beyond ecstatic to just be able to do this. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, you guys have a happy new year, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Sounds good. Appreciate Thanks, it. Marcus. All right. Okay, well, there you have it. Uh, first episode of 2022 in the books. Uh, big thank you again to Ryan and Andy for joining me today. 
I uh, would also like to thank the partners of the podcast, Go Hunt and Stone Glacier, as well as Wild Rivers Coffee. Um, be sure to support the companies that support this podcast and help make it possible. Uh, I would also like to thank uh, 2% for Conservation. And if you're interested in learning more about 2% for Conservation, you can visit their website, fishandwildlife.org. And over there, you can see all the certified brands that have committed to conservation that you should support when you shop. I also encourage you guys to give 2% a follow on social media where they're going to post only positive content so you enjoy that positive conservation-focused posts uh, in your feed. So again, if you'd like to learn more about 2% for Conservation, you can look for them online on social media or at fishandwildlife.org. Thanks for joining me this week, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Stay tuned again next week where we we will have um, 2% for Conservation Executive Director Jared Frazier on to talk about uh, really all of the things um, that happened with 2% over the course of last year and kind of what's in store uh, for 2022 as well. So as always, stay safe out there and remember that conservation starts with you. Today, I want to talk about the hellscape that is technical diagramming, right? Everybody's nodding their heads right now, uh uh-huh. And there is a potential solution that I want to share. There was one name that several people brought up. I did some digging, and it's kind of nuts how much this program Miro has for developers. I have to share this. It could potentially be a game changer for you. So my favorite part about Miro is that half the work is already done. Like right now, typically we spend hours starting diagrams from scratch, right? Gathering information, you get buy-in from every team. Uh, You know, following up, that's a lot of work to do. But Miro has a full set of integrations with the tools you're probably already using. And they also offer open APIs and SDKs for custom solutions for all those niche diagramming use cases we have to do, right? So the end result is the same, but it doesn't take forever. It's a massive, massive time saver. I'm transforming basic flowcharts and network architectures, and it all lives in one place. So are you using Miro? Have you used it? I want to hear. 